At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to another episode of Within the Lines, the podcast where two best friends use their patent pending movie ranking scale to determine the true quality of a film. Today is Wednesday, November 22nd, 2023. Happy Thanksgiving to all those who celebrate in the United States of America. Happy Thanksgiving. And today we are reviewing. It's a mouthful. They, they Don't they celebrate in Canada too? No idea. The Hunger Games, the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Longest title ever. Don't know what I'm going to do about the title of this podcast episode, but we're talking Hunger Games, baby. The Hunger Games are back with a prequel. Suzanne Collins had to come back out, write another book, you know, bank some more money in the bank, and uh, and give the people what they want, Ty, because the Hunger Games was a very popular franchise. Don't you forget. I'll be goddamn. Thanksgiving is celebrating Canada on October 14th. That's way too early for Thanksgiving. It, it's probably a different Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving Day is an annual Canadian holiday held on the second Monday in October. Okay, but their Thanksgiving is probably different than what our Thanksgiving is. What's what's different between giving thanks? <laughs> Ty, I don't know how big of a Hunger Games guy you were, uh, or you are, I should say. Yeah. But as someone who read the books, I don't I haven't read a lot of books. So as someone who has read the books, watched the movies... I was very excited for this. I actually got some decent reviews, you know, prior to seeing it, so I was excited. I'm excited to talk to you about it. Yeah, I know. I love the the original trilogy with the part one, part two there. Quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, great movies. Don't really remember the fourth one. Didn't get a chance. I binged through all of them prior to watching this. Mm, okay, I, I'm, uh, I'm doing the opposite. I'm now watching them. Didn't quite make it through four, but uh, great franchise. Great movies. Gave us Jennifer Lawrence. Yep. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. And she's not in this one, but it feels like she is because they make a lot of fucking references to the first ones. Let's get into the show. percent of the time, it works every time. John Samos. What? We just become best friends. Yep. I don't feel so good. I'm not fucking leaving. <laughs> show goes 
Set during the events of the 10th Hunger Games, we follow Coral Coralanus Snow as he graduates school and finds himself mentoring Lucy Gray Bard, the tribute from District 12. You could just said Lucy Gray. Lucy Gray Bard. It's like bird, but with an A. Bard. Did they ever even Bard. say her last name in the movie? Yeah, for sure. Lucy huh. Gray Bard. Huh. I don't, I don't know. I guess I wasn't paying attention. I thought her first name was Lucy, last name Gray. No, Lucy Gray Bard. <laughs> so this is the prequel to the Hunger Games franchise. It is the origin story for one President Snow, the villain, the villain, the villain in the Hunger Games quadrilogy tie. Yeah. Um, like I said, this book was uh, – I don't know if I said – did I say this on the pod? I don't know. This book was written after the fact, obviously. This was not something that uh, I did some research. Suzanne Collins was actually planning on doing, the book itself. It was one of those like, hey, I got a really uh, successful franchise here. You know, wrote three books, made four movies, made a lot of money off of it. Let's just write another one. There's some world building I could do here. And uh, that's what happened. She wrote a book. She knew when she was writing the book it was going to turn into a movie. Come on now. She's not dumb. Yeah. And this is what we got now. Jay, I am shocked right now. Did you know it takes place like basically on the American map? Pan Am, The Hunger Games is, is. As someone who has read the books, yes. I didn't know that. Is this so as someone who could give two shits about books? Um is it like is this like a dystopian future type thing where it's like this is what America could be? So I don't remember I don't think they ever she ever actually says exactly when it takes place like and what like she never says it's like post America. We don't get like the Star Wars in a galaxy long long time ago in a galaxy far far away. Correct. Okay. Um but I think it's pretty much always been like theorized that the Hunger Games was or that Panem was like a post-apocalyptic America or you know something along those lines where it's you know the North American continent and it's way down the line and all that stuff and it's not America and it's it's, its own world tie. It doesn't have to set a time. Do we know when Avatar happens? Avatar. The the blue people. Oh, that av- um. No, I don't think we do. <laughs> so I don't think they ever say time. I think it's all it, it's it's never it was never directly mentioned to be America, but I think it was supposed to be like a post America thing. I don't know. So I, I can't find a confirmed map. I don't think Su- Suzanne Collins, that the author. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. think she's released a map yet. Well, so this map that was in this book in this movie because there was a, a quick yeah. map was like I, I did some some research on the uh, the Reddit. And uh, people were freaking out because that was, like, the first canon full map that yeah. they've ever gotten. Yeah. I guess there was, Fuck like, a yeah. game. There was, like, a Hunger Games game. And that had, like, a little bit of a map. And, like, that's what people referred to as canon. But now this is, like, the canon canon. It's like they they finally fucking revealed it. And that's probably why they did it, honestly. Because that little weather report part was, uh, you know, like, kind of out of place. There was no reason to do it. So that was probably them get, doing a little bit of fan service. Yeah. I'm shocked right now. This is not what I thought the districts would look like. District yeah. 13 was like New York. Mm. Can't wipe New York. Who? How the fuck do you set the capital in like Reno, Nevada? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Ty. According to this uh, this Quora thing, uh, the book says District 12 was in a region known as the Appalachia, Appalachia Mountains. Even hundreds of years ago, they mined coal here. Mine coal in the 1900s, so the theory is it, was, it takes place in centuries after the 1900s, so like 2230, 
2200s, 2300s, post-America, post-everything, Panem's its own thing. In the book, it also says that the population of all of Panem is 4 million, so... Not a lot of people alive. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That's wild. Maybe it was like a nuclear war. I don't know. That's more world building she can do. Yeah. So she'll probably just make another one. Fuck, so, the, fuck the Hunger Games. Give me a prequel to the prequel. Just make it like a Fallout movie. Like the video <laughs> games, that actually leads into Hunger Games. Yeah, they'll, just, they'll do a little team up. Yeah. They'll say it's all canon and all all the same universe. Crossover event. Um, I was talking to Riley about this, Ty. I don't think people understand the cultural significance of the Hunger Games. You good? You about to sneeze? We're powering through. The cultural significance of the Hunger Games. This is a very niche thing that I'm about to talk about. <laughs> Bless you. Uh, this is very niche, and it doesn't apply to everyone. It only applies to, like, gamers and that. Okay. Without the Hunger Games, there's no Fortnite. No, the entire gaming there's industry, no, as we know it right now, is It's different. Games. Yeah. There's no Call of Duty Warzone. Nope. There's no... I mean, maybe Apex. eventually Apex Legends. Yeah. Maybe eventually PUBG. Maybe eventually they would have figured, like, something out. But the Hunger Games inspired Minecraft Hunger Games online. People would play the Hunger Games but on Minecraft. Mm-hmm. And then that inspired the Battle Royale style. A hundred people come in, only one can finish. Yeah. And all of that's just an extension of the Hunger Games. And I don't know if Suzanne Collins realizes this. I don't know if she has people in her ear. Like, you realize, like, Fortnite probably owes you a little bit of royalty. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's pretty crazy. crazy. Surprised they haven't done, like, a crossover. Fortnite, they're skins of quite literally everyone. <laughs> I think you have a skin in that yeah, game. Yeah, no, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> like, they just, anyone and everyone gets a skin. How do we not have a Katniss or, give me a PETA. I rock a fucking PETA. Why, so you just whine the whole time and oh, get carried to victory? Damn. Just rewatched the first movie literally an hour ago. Yeah, I did get carried. Very whiny. Really got carried. Forgot how whiny that character was. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the Hunger Games, man, it's it's influential, and I think we need to start having the conversation. I mean, one of the greatest franchises of all time is the Hunger Games better than Star Wars. <laughs> Let that simmer. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to have that conversation. Great franchise doesn't get enough credit for how influential it was. Maybe not on the movie industry, but video game industry, one million percent. The hit rate on the movies is better than Star Wars. Hunger Games fans don't hate the Hunger Games as much as Star Wars fans hate Star Wars. Jay, you drop Anakin Skywalker in the Hunger Games as like the District 14 tribute. Oh, fucking everyone up. Yeah, he has super, literally, he has superpowers. No, you take it away. Take it away. Oh, just with his willpower. Yep. Hunger Games also spawned an attempt to make the Divergent series. I mean, Divergent was obviously a book before, but I I very much feel like without the success of Hunger Games, we never get the attempt of the Divergent film franchise, which I don't know about you. I've never seen a Divergent movie, and I, I, I will stand on my hill right now. I do not mind going the rest of my life without seeing a Divergent film. Okay. They did finish the franchise, it looks like. Good for them. Divergent and, oh my god, Insurgent Allegiant. Great. Um, Allegiant Stadium? Yeah. Divergent movie, really okay. Haven't seen the other two. Okay, but I'm looking at the wiki. The Divergent series Allegiant, it says it's only the first half of the Allegiant novel. So I think they were doing a part one, part two thing, just like Hunger Games, Mm. and obviously didn't. It's got 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, canceled fourth film. Mm-hmm. 
damn. Couldn't be the Hunger Games. And there was also a canceled television series, which leads me to my next point, Ty. I'm surprised we haven't got, like, a television series of the Hunger Games. Yeah. Because um, there's, there's so much world here. I was telling Riley, like, the next thing they should do, television series of just a Hunger Games. I don't need to yeah. get all the, the prequel. Yeah. All the, I mean, we can get, like, some character growth. Don't care about But that. don't care about the capital and all. Well, character growth for the Hunger Games. Like, like we're the audience. We're the capital. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the presentation is, like them doing the hunger games for us okay and we can get like survivor style just let them do cutaway interviews just make like a fictionalized yeah. competition reality show based on the hunger games okay and they could just they'll spin it they could say it's the 52nd hunger games it was the longest hunger games in panem history it lasted three weeks and we're gonna make a eight episode tv series about it i would love that i would watch that in a heartbeat i just an idea suzanne Call me. Think about. Well, it can't be the fifty second because the one thing I will note with this movie, mm-hmm. in in the original quadrilogy, mm-hmm. the two Hunger Game events that we see, mm-hmm. fucking arena, sick. Yeah. In this one, before there was bombing, it's just an empty, it's just a flat empty arena. Well, this was the tenth, so I would think by the fifty second they would have some. I would hope so. They do. No, I know that for a fact. The 74th, 75th in, in Katniss's. I know that for a fact because Hamish, we we watched a uh, explaining all the winners of the Hunger Games that we know YouTube video. Okay. And they talked about how Hamish won because in the books they outline this. The whole way he won was there was a force field. Some chick threw an axe at him. He ducked. It hit the force field, bounced off, and killed her. Oh, my God. So And he was in the 50th. So they had force fields and stuff by the 52nd. So we, we have technology. Did Hamish kill anyone? I don't remember. I think they said he just kind of hit out. And he's a drunk and he's got trauma <laughs> over that? <laughs> he's a softie. No, no. I just... If you're going to be like, that's your whole thing, is like, I need booze to survive. <laughs> I need some blood on your hands. Okay. You can't be like, oh, this is how you survive. Like, being a mentor, training people. Like, here's the strategy. Wait it out. <laughs> it's a terrible strategy. <laughs> I've lost respect for Hamage. That's pretty much what uh uh what's her name does in this one, Lucy Gray. She just waits it out. She does kill some people, but I, I was reading some of the changes from the book. I guess in the book she actually doesn't kill anyone. She doesn't do the rat poison thing. Oh. Yeah. That was added to the movie. So in the book, she literally just kinda waits it out and then the snakes kill the rest of the people. That makes for a pretty boring book, I feel like. That's probably why they, they changed it yeah. in the movie itself. Also, another thing I want to see with the Hunger Games, don't know how to do it, don't know where it should go, don't even know how it makes sense, but that's why they hire people to do these kind of things. Give me like a theme park attraction. Just some kind of like, I, I don't know how or what, but I just... What do you mean by that? A theme park attraction. You know, you got like the Harry Potter ride at Universal. You want like a real life Star Hunger Wars Games land. Something. Make me fight for my life. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's possible, Jay. The legality Something. of it. VR, VR, Hunger Games? I don't know. They have that. It's it's Minecraft. It's Fortnite. It's Give me something immersive. They do have in Vegas like a Hunger Games training center where you do like the training that they do in the, the first movie. Okay. I don't know. Give me something immersive. Hmm. Yeah. I was thinking we need like a – You played? did you ever play uh, – not Apex. What's it called? Is it Apex? Yeah, Apex. Uh, you tried to get me into it. We played it for like a month and I was always it's got horrible like dinosaurs and shit. Ark? Ark. That's yeah. what it is, not Apex. I couldn't think of the name. Did you Ark. ever play Ark with us? Uh, 
less than two hours. It's like this. It's you just get dropped on an island. There's dinosaurs, but you got to like scavenge, build. I want like an arc meets battle royale, mm. where it's literally just the Hunger Games. Because all the Hunger Games games, like even the Minecraft, it's like it's not quite Hunger Games. And then Mm-mm. battle Fortnite and everything. This is fucking giant maps. Warzone giant maps. I want like a survival Hunger Games style game, where you have to play like a lot. Then right? Because yeah, have to- yeah, yeah. That's oh, kind of that just like a problem. human history too. You're just, you just know, like surviving. And yeah, and killing off other tribes and making sure your bloodline is the one that reigns supreme. Okay. There's, th- an, there's an idea there for like long-term gaming. I don't know. I don't know how to do it, but there's an idea. Yeah, well, I didn't think about that part. It's like <laughs> if it's a multiplayer, yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. That is a problem. Do you think the Hunger Games is uh, morally okay? Uh, No. Okay. Well, I, what do you mean? Like... Am I talking about the fictional? No, real. Like if you were in Pan Am, you rocking with it? You think the districts need to learn? Oh, their I'd be lessons? too. I'd be too scared to revolt. So yeah, in my in my heart, I would be against it. You'd be watching though, right? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. You're telling me, Tenth Hunger Games rolls around. No one's talking about it. Coralina's snow comes out. There's betting odds. <laughs> You're not placing a teaser on fucking. <laughs> Maybe give me a I top three finish out of District Two. Maybe, I, yeah, probably because that's pr- like the closest thing to sports, I guess yeah. they have. Uh, I think. Th- hold on, I think we just figured something out. What's that? Nuclear war happened. We got the districts. We got Pan Am. Mm-hmm. They forgot about football. They just started killing everybody. Yeah. Just put a football team together from each district. No more murder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then they wouldn't be. Learning to punish them or learning their lesson or whatever the stupid thing. Is. Jay, you're a Chargers fan. You're telling me you don't feel punished? <laughs> Tell me every Sunday you don't wake up just feeling miserable? That's true. I also did, like I said, research. Suzanne Collins said that the inspiration for the Hunger Games franchise was she was TV surfing and was watching a reality like game show competition. I'm assuming like Survivor or something. Yeah. And then flipped the channel and it was coverage of the Iraq War. And then those things, she said those ideas just started meshing in her head. And that's how she got the idea. Jeff Probst, Saddam <laughs> Hussein, gave us the Hunger Games. Yes. I love that. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jeff Probst. I didn't even know that guy's name. I don't watch that stupid show. Oh, my God. He's the best. He's the best out of all of them. Jay, last week's episode, spoiler alerts for, for Survivor. They was like they had to do a challenge, and so many people had to sit out to get rice for the tribe, mm-hmm. and they were all like fucking bickering, like, "Oh, I don't want to sit out of this challenge. I might get voted out." Pulls out a knife, stabs the bag of rice, just starts letting it fall to the ground. So he like sabotaged himself. No, he's the host, but he's like, "You guys are oh. taking too long to decide. If you don't want this fucking rice, you better hurry up." Cuts a hole in the bag, and it just starts fucking like like a timer kind wow. of thing. Like longer you take, less rice you get. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. I like Amazing Race better. No, it's so it's so fucking boring compared to Survivor. <laughs> Love Survivor. <laughs> I'm not a not a Survivor guy, Ty. Um, how was your movie theater experience before we jump into the film? Civic Plaza. I had a funny, not really Civic Plaza story, but I just had a funny story from our film going experience. But how was your experience? Look, man, went and saw it in the big screen, giant mm, screen, not Civic a fan. Plaza. I haven't watched a movie on that screen, and I w- I'm honestly like com- probably a year. Yeah, because every time they mess it up, it gets fucked up every time. Mm-hmm. Great experience this time. Shout out Civic Plaza. Really stepping up the game. Nice. Everything f- everything went smooth. Got good concessions. Free Taylor Swift cup. Free Taylor Swift cup. You would have yeah. got the popcorn bucket, too, if you got a large popcorn. 
Because we got the we I, got a second a popcorn bucket. Oh, they ran out. Yeah. Good for them because we got a second. Oh my god. On Monday, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, great experience. Can't complain. Nice. Uh, my story. Uh, nothing to do with the movie theater. I could have waited for characters for this. I just wanted to tell you that uh, I thought I was a genius. I was doing my my trend of doing like dream castings on the podcast. Like, oh, they wanted this person but couldn't afford them. I did that live in the movie, Ty. You know who I did that with? Snow? No. Lucy Gray. I did it with the character Lucky Flickerman. Hold on. The host. Oh, the host. Yeah. You know what I leaned over? I told Riley. I said, this is a perfect role for Jason Schwartzman. (laughs) She said, that is Jason Schwartzman. I just, (laughs) I couldn't help but laugh at myself in the middle of the film. I thought I was being so smart. I was like, man, this guy is like B plus Jason Schwartzman. They should get actual Jason Schwartzman in here. And it was Jason Schwartzman the whole time. You really fucked that up. We just did Trivia Lady, and we just talked about how he was Mm -hmm. going to be in The Hunger Games when we watch it. It was subconscious in my brain, and I just, yeah. That's incredible. You said B-plus Jason Schwartzman? When he came on, literally I said this when he was on the screen for 30 seconds. Okay. Yeah. Because I have thoughts on that man when we get to characters. I When he first came on the screen, I was like, that's a man acting like Jason Schwartzman in this role. Mm. And it was just Jason Schwartzman. Shout out their their hair and makeup department that made you think Jason Schwartzman <laughs> wasn't Jason Schwartzman. <laughs> it was great, Ty. That's fantastic. Uh, let's jump into the scale. Plot slash story. If you have read anything about this film. Haven't. If you have seen anyone's reviews about this film. Haven't. I was waiting for you to say that again. No, I have actually on that. Okay. Well, I was talking to the audience, not okay. you. <laughs> You've heard the same thing. Yeah. Over and over. By the same people, and I wish I could be fresh, and I wish I could be unique, and I wish I could tell you something other than this movie is pretty awesome in the first two acts and then really slows down in the third act and kind of leaves you a little wet farty at the end. A little bit. We took Gavin, and I could tell he was getting bored. Yeah. And that was a bummer because this movie, the pacing's great. The story's great. I was getting nerves when The Hunger Games started. Yeah. I was getting Oppenheimer nerves. It's fantastic. And it almost reminded me of Oppenheimer in a sense, bringing up Oppenheimer again, <laughs> where we get the big climax with the bomb. But then there's still so much substance after that. And, like, I think Oppenheimer did drag a little bit towards the end. Again, I also saw it at 11 o'clock at night, yeah. and it was three hours. Yeah. But, like, you got the big climax with the bomb. You get the scene where he's, you know, in the, the auditorium with the chanting people and everything. And then you get more of the investigation. It slows down a little bit. This was like a more extreme version of that where, like, I don't think the climax was as climactic, but the post-climax was, like, just took the wind (laughs) out of your sails, man. And I, like, Riley had mentioned to me before we saw it that someone she saw said it should have been a two-parter because there was just so much in it. And I don't know if I agree with that because then the second movie would have just been so boring. You know what I mean? Like if the second movie was just act three. Yeah. And I'm sure in the book it was expanded on more. I'm sure in the book there's probably more. uh, Riley told me one of her coworkers read it because she wanted to read it before seeing the movie. And I guess in the book you get a lot more of Snow's internal dialogue and you get to see more of his evil shift. You know what I mean? As the book's going along. Okay. So I'm sure the third act of the book, it probably dives into that a little bit more. It probably has more of that. Yeah. And it just didn't fully translate well on the big screen, in my opinion. And that being said, it was kind of like necessary, too, because I don't think you could just end when the Hunger Games ended. You know what I mean? Like, 
You would have had to have reworked it a little bit. You would have had to completely that. redo the ending of the book, and obviously Suzanne Collins isn't going to allow that. So yeah. I, that being said, I, I still like what they tried. They tried to do like this deep emotional ending and you know, with the character and the snow character and turning him evil and stuff, but I don't know if it's speeding it up. I don't know if it's if it's what I feel like my solution is to all these things nowadays. It's like, hey, just make this a six episode show, which you know, they can't do that with everything, but we're just spoiled now. I, I still gave us a decent score. I gave it a 14 out of 20. Yeah. All right. So here's how I did it. You divide 20 by 3. 6.6. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. First act's getting at 6.6. Second, second act's getting at 6.6. Third act, I'm giving zero credit. Wow. Okay. That's me being dramatic, but I didn't end up on a 14. Um, it's, yeah, everyone's right. Because you get like... If you rework the first two acts, that's a full movie right there. Like, you can have it end with the Hunger Games, build up a little bit more of his fucking him turning and the twist, mm-hmm. and, and make him a lot more evil, helping Lucy Gray win. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, that works for me. And then part three is its own little mini movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like... It's Total a, tonal shift. A million percent, because the whole thing is like the build up to the Hunger Games. The Hunger Games, then after it's like... And I got kicked out of school, and we're going to have a little love story, and you're going to betray me, and I'm going to mm-hmm. turn into an asshole. Yeah. Just complete separate own little thing going on there at the end. And like I said, I'm sure in the book you you get more of those that slow shift because if it's not first person, you probably get at least the internal dialogue. So, Whereas in the movie, it's just kind of like they had to wrap it up. It wasn't wrapped up enough after The Hunger Games where it's like, all right, well, now President Snow is President Snow because if they would have just ended it there – it would have been like, well, that's not the President Snow we know. You know what I mean? Like, you got to get to that finish line, and the way they got to it at the end it was a little bit of a struggle. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, because I, you see hints of it throughout. Like, he starts murdering people. He said the power that he felt when he murdered the person in the arena. Yeah, yeah, felt great. Mm-hmm. Um, you see a little bit, but then it's just like, okay, he's not there yet. Let's really just rush through this at the end and make him. Make him turn into Slim Shady. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was Slim Shady and AOC yeah. love story. <laughs> and uh, let's let's make him go evil. And you just kind of rush through that at the end, which sucks because the first two acts are very good. Yeah. This movie is very good. It's very entertaining. You're you're paying attention the entire time. Hunger Games is a great fucking setup <laughs> for like the storytelling and everything. You set it up. You meet these people, and then there's this whole fucking war that's happening in this arena and you care about it and there's shit outside the arena affecting inside the arena like that's always going to work for me and from a storytelling perspective yeah give me 75 of these one of each hunger games and i'll watch all 75 <laughs> because it's entertaining but th- the end of this movie it just struggles to wrap it up and it's a really fucking long movie two and a half hours 245 yeah Woo. that is a long movie dude yeah and I figure by the end of the second act, we're past, you know, hour 45. That's yeah. a full movie in, its, in and of itself. Like, And mm-hmm. then you just slap on another extra hour of shit. Well, and they left stuff out. I know in the book there's more stuff with, like, the Covey, her little family, clan, whatever it is. They do- they dive into that more. And I think that's the issue. Is it? it I, I noticed this while rewatching the first one today is – in the book, I don't remember, like, the specific details from the book. You know, I read them in middle school in, like, ninth grade. Uh, I finished the last one in ninth grade. And I, I do remember when I saw the films, though, thinking, wow, they really rushed through, like, the, 
the District 12 part. Because in the book, you get a lot of Katniss in District 12. You build that up, build that character up. We just rewatched the movie. She's in the Capitol 15 minutes in the movie. And yeah. then, like, there's the fire dress scene. I remember in the book that being a big old thing. And there was, like, a debate about what to do with, you know, blah, blah, blah. Her learning to trust uh, uh, Cinna. I think, yeah, Cinna, her her stylist yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And in the movie, it's literally he's literally like, I have this crazy idea. And then you get the fire dress. So, like, obviously. She's just like, I love you. Yeah. You have to <laughs> speed things up in movies um, when you take it from the book. And they wanted the Hunger Games movie, I think rightfully so, to mostly be in the Hunger Games, which yeah. which it was. I think that happened here is like you probably had a lot more meat on the bone after the Hunger Games ended. And then they looked and they were like, wow, we're already at an hour 45. And if we really wanted to do this justice, this would be a three and a half hour movie. But then we're going to get killed for it. And, you know, let's just try to shrink this last third of the book into, you know, whatever it is. And it just it, it doesn't doesn't quite work. And you see these problems with, you know, books that are converted into movies. That's why we have seen a lot of these books just turn into shows now. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. No, I and I do think that if you split it up, you tell the, the story up into the Hunger Games when he gets kicked out of school. And that's your first movie. Mm -hmm. And then the second movie is his twist and, and everything happening with Lucy Gray. And you probably expand on the book a lot more. That's better from a storytelling perspective. But then the second movie has no Hunger Games. And they're just it's not going to allow that. Yeah, they're just not going to let that happen. So what they had to do. See, Dune did this perfectly. They did the Boringer movie in the first one. Yeah. Got the people in. And then now everyone's like, oh, the second Dune's going to be even better. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a mind trick. Yeah. Whereas this one, it was like. If they would have done that, I mean, people still probably would have bought tickets, but then they would have been like, wow, this is horrible. Nothing's happening. So. So what they do, Ballad of Songbirds, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, part one. You see him. He's a he's a soldier. He's whatever. Well, he wasn't district. a soldier yet. No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. This movie starts. Mm -hmm. He gets shipped to District 12. You don't know his backstory. You don't know mm. where he is. End of the movie, he meets up with Lucy Gray again. Oh, okay. Like Very it's, end. It's, it, she turns on him. I don't. I don't know how the book ends. It's the problem. So I don't know if mm. they ever meet up again. But it's like fucking Lucy Gray, and you see him like, you know, like, oh, why does this chick affect him so much? Mm -hmm. Episode two, you get the backstory of why she affects him so much. How she was the tribute. He did all. Basically, this movie is episode two. Okay. And you get like the background. Finish the trilogy with. I don't, is there another book after this? I don't know. Oh. Mm -mm. That's it. We just miss out on <laughs> sixty-five years of storytelling after this. Well, she's leaving herself the door. The, the door is open for her to just make okay. more books. Yeah. Um, I will say, just reading about uh, what happens in the book itself, uh, they all footage from the tenth Hunger Games is erased. Lucy Gray is never seen or heard from again. Her ultimate fate unknown. So they teased that at the end with the the professor saying, "Yeah, they they wiped her off, censored her." You think Lucy, North Creator. You think Lucy Gray is like the Babe Ruth of Hunger Games? Mm. Like people like we don't got enough footage of her. I think I think she could have hit it five fifty. Maybe. Maybe or they just don't know because. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff here. Uh, him becoming a game maker. I don't know. Maybe there's a way to do this movie, and I don't know how it works with the Hunger Games nature of it and it probably would have been too difficult to pull off and this is why i'm not a film director but i wonder if there is like the dueling timelines you could do again I think that's the best way like to do christopher it. nolan did with oppenheimer <laughs> that is the best way to tell the story you're telling the story like two timelines at the same time yeah 
maybe that's an idea. I don't know. You know what else did that? Uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Great film. Great film. Told the storylines at the same time. So maybe that's the way they could have done it. But all in all, I mean, we're talking really bad about it. We both still gave it a 14 because, mm-hmm. like, I'm just a little disappointed because it could have been a lot higher. So that's why the negative talk on it for me. Well, yeah, and that's the thing is I, I again, we talk, spoke very highly of this franchise as a whole. I think the second Hunger Games movie is is almost perfect. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking good from suspense, the ending. It gives you that unfinished fucking cliffhanger ending with the, the dome falling down and everything. Like These movies are really, really fucking good at their peak. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 14's not a bad score, but these movies can be really fucking good, man. Yeah. So, I don't know. Key Elements, Jay. It's a Hunger Games movie. How much Hunger Games did you feel in the Hunger Games movie? Well, there's also, like, the the aspect of, like, drama, emotions, yeah. action, yeah. world building. Yep. I gave this a 17 out of 20. Okay. I'll give it the higher of the two. Um, there's a decent amount of Hunger Games in it, at least in the first half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually liked, while it was boring and it did kind of sputter at the end, I liked the little bit of world building you got like in district 12. Cause you don't get that at all in the other movies. So like you got more of the district, you, you get it more, but it's when they're at war already. So you don't just see like everyday life in the districts. Yeah. 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 And, uh, so that was cool. Like building that world up. Um, and I thought like the suspense, like I said, I was nervous when the hunger game started, which is weird. I haven't felt that way in a movie since Oppenheimer. And that was the first time I ever felt that way in a movie. <laughs> um, it's not the first time you ever felt that way. That kind of sus- like nervous I- in the movie. In Infinity War. Infinity War. Before the movie, I was like, nerve excited, but like during the movie, I wasn't like, and like anticipation nerves. Thanos lands in Wakanda. You're not like edge of your seat. What's gonna happen? I wish I remember what I felt like in that movie because I don't. I I remember Endgame. I don't remember what I felt like in Infinity War. It was such an adrenaline high. It just burned your fucking brain connections neurons yeah i wish they actually i do remember at the end of infinity war i was just thinking the whole time they've already announced a spider-man sequel like we obviously know he's not going to stay dead yeah so like that was kind of my everyone else was all sad oh, a little bit. i was like why did you guys announce this damn sequel already yeah so stupid <laughs> i gave us a 17 though i like the world building uh the hunger games aspect of it you know it's not the hunger games that we saw in the first two movies um because it's not as futuristic it's literally just an arena but you get kind of the – you get a lot of the seeds that are planted for those first two movies, the idea of making it a show and, you know, making people care about this and, like, yeah. some meta stuff kind of about reality TV and, and countries and, you know, their intents and all that stuff. I give it a 17. 17 out of 20. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm right there. I'm at a 16. I'll take the lower of the two scores. You took the higher of the two. Fair enough. Um it's done very well. I, I'm, I'm with you. I like the setup. You see, like, even the drops and, like, getting sponsors and shit. Like, that's a huge part of the first two movies mm-hmm. on them, like, showing off their skills and making people care. And that helps them in the games. Yep. Um, I like that part of it. I like the setup with Snow. The ending, I, it does slow down a little bit, but I do like that time in the district. Um, seeing, like, what life is like, how they're getting fucked over by the, the peacekeepers and stuff like that from the Capitol. Mm-hmm. I do like that. The one thing I don't like in this movie is they just backhand you in the face with references to the original. Okay, so some people complained about this. I want to hear. I want you to finish your thought, and then I will 
defend it. They just backhand you in the face every chance they get, like, backhanded, like, little, like, the fucking roots. The roots being called Katniss. I didn't need that. I, I don't I don't want to be a book snob, Ty, but I'm a book that. snob you. I didn't need that. Ken Jack said this, too, and I want to book snob him, but I'm not going to book snob him on social media, but I'll book snob you here to your face. Do it. I don't need that. It is explained very thoroughly in the book, and I remembered this, yeah. that Katniss was named after those specific roots Wonderful. by her father because they would get them and you know make them uh-huh. and there was some deep blah 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 meaning because they were known for being in district 12 so them pointing them out at the i didn't think yes it was fan service but it wasn't mm-hmm. they didn't literally pull it out of their ass pun no, intended that's fine they did pull it out of their ass to shove it in this movie like oh let me go talk about katniss anything to say her fucking name hey man anything to say her name legend not yet Full circle Not for another 65 years president snow we heard that name again I love, I love, because, like I said, she wasn't planning on doing this when the first three Hunger Games and this the the book came out in 2020. Uh-huh. I just love like the retconning she kind of did, where like me and Riley just watched the first one, and there was a few moments where it's like, oh, he sees the pen, the pin that she's wearing, and that's Lucy Gray's pin. Like, oh, what is he thinking? And oh, the Katniss name, and oh, the Willow Tree song, like all that stuff. Yeah. And it's like, in your head, you you want to believe like Suzanne Collins was like thinking this all out, but in reality, she just went back and was like, "Oh, wouldn't that be cool to like make it tie all yeah. together?" And now people will be like, "Oh, yeah, that's what you meant the whole time." No, I was seeing TikToks about like, "Oh, this is why the Hanging Tree like song pisses him off so much because that was like his love that turned on him." And it's like, no, <laughs> <laughs> like that works now for canon, but that wasn't the, the original plan. I respect it though. No, it works. I mean, it does work from a storytelling. I don't know how much George Lucas planned the prequels before the sequels, but I'm sure he did a little bit of that, too. A million percent, yeah. So. But don't fucking slander Star Wars. So. <laughs> um, the other thing that I could not stand on this movie, I think they only did it twice, but uh, the stupid fucking, oh, you hear that? Snow's falling. Or, oh, snow lands on top, snow baby. Snow lands on top. Shut the fuck up. Can I counterpoint you? No, you can't. Shut the Can fuck up. I just, I just count- said shut the fuck up. Can I counterpoint you? Yeah. I know you. I've been friends with you a long time. Okay. If you had a punnable name, you would be punning the shit out of it. I know you. <laughs> yeah, but I'd be <laughs> laughing at myself like, ha, ha, ha. This guy's like so fucking serious. Like, yeah, I fucking land on top. I'm the baddest motherfucker there is. Like, I have a punnable last name. You know how people told me to read a book? I'm sure a lot. If I wish I could. My whole Twitter, eat your readies. It's yeah. just a pun. Yeah. So I will support the snow lands on top because it does. Until Katniss, the route he learns about, comes around. Yeah. So I'm surprised they didn't do like the whistle or the, the whatever. Shocked that they didn't do that. They did everything else they could to reference the movie. Bow and arrow. Could have been some bow and arrow stuff. I don't there know. was. In the arena, she like walks by a bow and arrow. Oh, yeah, broken. yeah, that's right. It's like, that's we, don't, right. we don't need that, guys. We know. No, nah, I like it. We know I Katniss like wins. We know how the story ends. We don't need that. I like it. That's why I'm at a 16 instead of a 17 like you. <laughs> they should make another one. I don't know. I don't even remember how the fourth one ends. Where we're gonna rewatch them all right now. Yeah, but. I, haven't, I haven't got to <laughs> I didn't finish the fourth one. Um, just make another one. Yolo. Yeah. Just keep building. Jennifer Lawrence. She'll take a payday. She did no hard feelings. Give me. I don't. Jennifer Lawrence looks younger now than she did in the first prequel, the first movies too. No, she does not. She looks like a child in the first movie. Bro, are all her plastic surgery now? She looks fake young. No. no. Mm. She looks like an actual young in the first movie, not fake I young. No, I feel like she looked a little older. And she does now. No chance. I'll say it. That's a bad take. I'll say it. She's gotten all, she's gotten some work done, and good for her. Whatever she wants to do to be happy, I support. It's a bad take. 
33 years old, looking like she's 19. Cinematography, Jay. Speaking of how good looks, how good does this movie look? I like the world building. I like, uh, look, it's, it's not quite there. I saw someone tweet about this and it's really made me, I saw this about a month ago, uh, after killers of the flower moon. And I, it made me really think, and they're totally right. It was a clip of the pirates of a Caribbean movie, like the second one or whatever. And it wasn't about the, the CGI of, of Davy Jones, which you brought up on this podcast. I feel like I've seen that tweet 12 times. But it was the point that blockbuster movies used to have that blockbuster feel. And you just don't get that that much anymore. The Marvels never had like a blockbustery scene. You know, and like I Infinity War, Endgame, all those movies, yeah. But like the list of movies that have that blockbustery, like that just that moment that feels huge on the screen. You're like, wow, I'm at the movies. It just doesn't happen as much anymore. I don't know why. Yeah. And that's what held me back from giving this like a real, real high score. Cause like I was th- going into this thinking like this could be like the blockbuster type feel if they do it right. And it was well shot. I liked the world building they did. I thought how they tied it into what we already knew from the first four movies and explaining some stuff and the setting and everything. And like there was very much like the last uh, third of the movie, as boring as it was, there was like attention to detail with the way it was shot and the emotion they were trying to pr- portray and all that. There was intent there and there was uh, a technical. I don't want to say excellence. There was technical skill there, but it wasn't quite that blockbustery blockbuster feeling I was looking for. You know, like some movies like the creator did. I gave that a, I gave us a 16 out of 20. Okay. <laughs> movie did look beautiful. I mean, the movie stunk. Movie looked great though. The creator. Great. Top 10 movie of the year. No, for me. Yes. Gave it a 66. It's very average. Four. Eighth best movie of the year for me. Give it 17 cinematography, though. What'd you give this movie? uh, 16 out of 20 visuals. Okay. We're running side by side here. I'm at a 16. Tend to do that. (laughs) Um, I'm with you. I think it looks good. I like a lot of the world building. I like how certain sequences are shot. Um, I, I, I do think that they paid attention to detail, like you said. I... I don't know. I like the music and shit that goes along with it mm-hmm. for the most part. I like a lot of it. Hanging Tree Song, they did it like four fucking times throughout the movie. I don't need it four times, but it is a good song. Good reference. Do it once. That's all I need. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Mm-hmm. Other songs work. The arena and everything look fucking cool. Yeah. Um, I like the blend of... And this is like, like, because Gavin was asking us, like, when does this movie take place? What's the technology? Blah blah blah. I like the idea of like, they they're advanced enough to have like FaceTime on those screens, and like obviously all the stuff we see in the new Hunger Games, it's like super futuristic. But they have yeah. drones and stuff still. But then they're driving around cars that are like from the eighties. But then they have like TVs from like the fifties. Like, it was very much like a blend of technology, almost like a post, you know, dystopian. Yeah. Kind of scramble, almost, do what we can do, you know? I like the idea of it being, like, a post-apocalyptic because it's, like, they understand future technology, but they don't know how to make it yet, so they're still running on older shit trying to mm-hmm. apply it to future technology. Yeah. Like, you have old metal fan-looking piloted drones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's very two separate things. I do like that. That is a, like, cool, creative choice. It's like Victor Timely made it all, you know? Oh, yeah. Loki reference. Nice. Fuck yeah. I also, I'm glad you brought up the music. Totally forgot I wanted to bring this up. I don't know. What's the type of music where, like, she, after the Hunger Games and she goes back to District 12 and she's, like, singing in the bar and it's, like, that folk kind yeah, of folky. girl music. Like, not girl music, but folk dance. When there's, like, a girl singing and they do that certain voice, the like, the pitch where they'll start all low and then they'll be like, yeehaw, like, and then they get into it. I kind of like that style of music. Ty. You're feeling it? I'm not a country guy. You could be though. I'm that style, whatever that is, folk, backwoods, uh, hillbilly. I don't know. I like I to imagine. I don't know. I've never been to like a country bar, but I like to imagine that's the kind of music they play live at country bars because it just feels like a have a drink, have a good time, feel good about yourself kind mm-hmm. of vibe. You know? No, they just play. Uh, don't try this in a small town. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> they, are they singing that in District Twelve? <laughs> It maybe, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Folk, folk. Uh, it's country. I was getting jiggy, like in the in my theater seat. I was kind of like, mm. it was catchy. A- it was good music, and like it, you got to have one of those. Uh, is it a vi- what is it like the really tall guitar? Not a guitar, but it's like a it's a stringed instrument that you stand on the ground and you lean it up against you and you play it like a violin or guitar. You know what I mean? Cello. Like a yeah, like a redneck cello or a a, yeah. a backwoods cello. You got one of those going. You got maybe a tambourine going. You got like your drums are just like, you know, tin pots. Maybe a triangle or something. Okay, cowbell, I'm, lots of cowbell. Yeah, it's like if Cletus from The Simpsons, if his family had a band, that's the kind of music they'd be playing. Kind of like it. Yeah. So I don't know. Kind of like it. It was a good time. Maybe I'm a folk guy. She just get real heavy in the folk music. <laughs> just go to the store rocking out to folk music with the fucking windows down. I'm going to have to do some uh some digging. Like I'm I'm going to do some Spotify research, get back to you on what songs I like, what songs I recommend. <laughs> you set a playlist? Yeah, I might make it. I do have Reedy's Bops. It might get add some folk songs to it. Fuck yeah. Lucy Gray Bard inspired playlist on Spotify. I might just add the song from the movie in here if I can't find any. There should be a way. I mean, AI is so smart nowadays. I should be able to go to ChatGPT and be like, hey, I like this song. 
recommend me 10 songs like it. They probably can, actually. No, Maybe I'm 100% like, sure technology's there. I know what I'm doing after the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Characters, Ty. Walk me through the characters. Um, obviously, two main characters are Rachel Zegler as Lucy Gray and Tom Blythe as Snow. Mm-hmm. I liked uh, I like Lucy Gray in it. I like Snow. Okay. I like Lucy Gray's performance a little bit better. Viola Davis, always fantastic. Didn't realize that was her until yeah. three hours ago. Really? Yeah. Uh, she's terrifying in this movie. Yeah, she's real scary. Real fucking scary, but mm-hmm. that's Viola Davis, man. She just fucking gives it all in every performance. I love that um, Mr. What, who's the guy? You, Jason Schwartman. Mr. Caesar Flickerman. Or uh, no, Caesar's his... Uh, Lucky Flickerman. Yeah, Caesar's his grandson or yeah. whatever. Sorry. Grandson of... Uh, oh, fuck. Lucky Where? Flickerman. Lucius. Lu- Lucius. Who plays it? Stanley Tucci, baby. Mm-hmm. Caesar Flickerman. Can I say, well, you make your point, and I'll make my point. I know you're about to bring up a point about him. He fucking stole the movie for me. <laughs> he's so fucking good every single time he's on screen. Yeah. I think that's why the third act feels so slow, is we don't have any lucky Flickerman in it. <laughs> if he could just be narrating him at that fucking, at his job, basically, mm-hmm. I'm all in. So that's when we get the reality-style Hunger Games movie. It's Maybe it's Lucky Flickerman's last Hunger Games or something. But we get it where he's presenting it to us, and we get a lot of lucky Flickerman. Oh, like fourth wall break, lucky. Well, not even well, fourth wall, but he's just talking to the yeah, audience. We are, which is us. We are capital, the capital people. Yes, I would love that. I would love that so much. Give me as much lucky Flickerman as possible. He can flip that coin in the air as many times <laughs> as possible, and I'll fucking be astonished every time it comes down. <laughs> every single time it'll get me, because that's fucking awesome. I uh, so we watched this movie, and I. I like that character too, and I remember in the books the the Caesar Flickerman character being really uh, eccentric and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh, this is like Lucky Flickerman. Like that was a good like version of that character. Like blah blah blah. Like I was kind of like thinking they were on level playing field. And then we just watched number one. I haven't watched you know the other ones yet, but I just watched number one. I'm like, Caesar Flickerman doesn't hold a candle to this guy Caesar, on screen. Caesar Flickerman's great. He does a great job at what he does. He's living in his dad's shadow. Grandpa, grandpa, dad, I don't know. Snow's in this movie and he's in the same movie 65 years later. Yeah, he's uh, 81, I think. No, he's not. I don't care how. Well, because he's 18 in this and then that's fine. 64 Hunger Games later, 18 plus 64, 82. That man is not 82 in the fucking movies, though. You're saying younger? Yeah, he looks way younger than 82. Well, I mean, I mean, our president's 82. (laughs) (laughs) That's not helping my case. (laughs) You're really arguing against yourself there. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go with dad. I'm going to say it's, it's dad. I'm going to say lucky Flickerman had a great career broadcasted into his sixties. Maybe, maybe had a child a little later in life. It just says assumed ancestor to Caesar Flickerman. How do you assume? It's not, assu- <laughs> he's his ancestor. It's the same fucking yeah. character. How, just better. How common is the last name Flickerman who both happen to be announcers of the hunger game? Just like a, a Jack Buck, Joe Buck situation. Never as good as his father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Joe Buck literally stole Jack Buck's like most famous call. We will see you tomorrow night. Did you know that? that? No, is it? Yeah, that was the Jack Buck call first. That pisses me off even more. That <laughs> such a fucking heartbreaking moment for me. No, it's a good. Oh moment no, no, for no you. that is yeah, okay. I got it mixed up. Yeah, that's a great moment. Yeah, for your second team that you presented. Like, I needed somebody to get through the dark. I'm still well, in the dark days. Yeah, but dark ages are very much. Thought still they happening. were over. They weren't. <laughs> It might, the angels, this might actually be the darkest of ages coming up. Yeah, it is. So it's not getting any better anytime soon. 
What do you um, think of Peter Dinklage? So, I actually wanted to talk about this character. Did you have anything else? I thought you were, you had something else to say with Lucky Flickerman. Well, I'll I'll go through my whole spiel, but I want to hear. Peter Dinklage starts the movie. You're like, wow, this guy's kind of a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Finish the movie like, oh wow, this guy like realizes he. <laughs> I'm gonna do it, Jay. Reminds me of Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer oh, a little bit. Okay, <laughs> we're going back to Oppenheimer. Yeah. It's this guy who realizes this fucking terrible thing that he's created, and like, sure, he's an asshole to Snow, but for great reason. Because his dad's the one who fucking pushed through this, and he wants he knows this is terrible. Kind of vindictive. He's not his dad, but... Yeah. And he unintentionally turned him into his dad. 100%. And gets murdered. <laughs> yes, and gets murdered. <laughs> but, like, kind of feel for the character by the end. Like, oh, he's an asshole, but he's, like, just struggling with his inner demons trying to stop the thing he created. Yeah. I like that kid. That's a deep character. Yeah, I was, like, kind of... The whole movie, I'm like, why does he hate him so much? Why does he hate him? And obviously, you get the answer at the very, very yeah. end. So, but I was kind of confused for a little bit. Oh, 100%. But I think that reveal at the end, like, makes it all make sense a lot more. Yeah. On, like, sure. why he's so, why he's a fucking asshole drunk. Literally doing everything he can to keep Snow from getting any sort of whatever, you yeah. know. And just fails entirely. And then dies. And then gets how, murdered. How... Why would you take a drug that he just, like, hands to you? Mm-hmm. Like, this really is a kid you hate. Really you stupid. think he's going to be evil just like his dad. And you're just going to be like, yeah, let me pop this morphine real quick that he just gave me. You're highly aware that he helped poison people in the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you die by being poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good look. Fool me once. Or is it deeper? Was it, like, was it kind of suicidal oh he couldn't no, live with the shocked. pain of no his. he's shocked at that point. <laughs> that's true yeah, it's, that's not like oh thank god i'm free it's a god damn it he did it again <laughs> <laughs> gotta be better than that yeah <laughs> you gotta uh, all, all that to say i gave it a 16 i really like the performances i think the side characters are done very well to help build up and the main two performances are not bad like they're pretty decent performances out of both yeah, um, I like all the side characters. Jason Schwartzman, great. Peter Dinklage, great. Viola Davis, didn't know it was her, great. Uh, uh, Sejanus Plinth. Hold on, hold on. Sejanus, Sejanus. Josh, and the, the, the friend who dies. Oh, yeah. He's okay. He's okay. He's a little whiny. Yeah, he's okay. Um, I will say, the main two characters, tie. I really liked in this. Tom Blythe, not familiar with his game before this. I thought he was great. Yeah. I thought the emotion he showed and the connection. the Tom Blythe and Rachel Zegler had real chemistry in this. Yes, and did. that could be hard to do. And if you don't have that chemistry, it's not going to work. And it's it's just going to feel artificial. It's going to feel fake. I thought they had real chemistry. I thought the two characters themselves, how they were written, congrats, Suzanne Collins. They meshed perfectly. You have like this rich – or not even rich elitist, but you have like this elitist who's chasing something but he's kind of like a poor elitist. Then you have Rachel Zegler's character, Lucy Gray, who's, you know, an outcast. She's in this, the Covey and she's district 12, but like, yeah, you know, it, it just, it meshed well. I thought my favorite performance of the whole movie was Rachel Zegler. Uh, this is only her third movie, which is insane like, to think that about. Can't be right. West side story, Shazam, the hunger games. Wow. Third movie. She's going to be the titular snow white. I do know that. Not a lot of people. Uh, is she are the one that, that just keeps shit talking? Yes. Yeah, the, that's her. The movie she's in. Yeah, that's her. She fucking hates Snow White. It's her <laughs> least favorite movie of all time. <laughs> it's incredible. Look, 
I didn't realize I was her before when like I would see those things. I would laugh like, why is she so shit talking her own movie? <laughs> but uh, she was so good in this. I'm convinced I got to go see it. Yeah. And I, West Side Story I haven't seen, but that movie's been very uh, critically acclaimed. Yeah. Um, she did. Uh, I think she. So she she popped off from YouTube. Ty, you'll like this. As of 20, 2022, one of her most famous videos, her video of her singing Shallow from A Star Is Born garnered over 12.2 million views on Twitter. No shit. Uh, in 2018, Steven Spielberg posted an open casting call via Twitter for the West Side Story. She was 16. She responded to the casting call tweets with video of herself singing Tonight, I Feel Pretty. Uh, she performed the role in like a, a lesser production, um, and she was selected. Over 30,000 applicants. Jesus. And she was really good in this. She acted way better than anyone in her third ever movie should have ever done. I was blown away by her performance. This was a great ensemble cast. Not really ensemble cast, but I just wanted to say that because I'm also going to say that I gave it a 17 out of 20. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, she was fantastic in this. I agree. Uh, 100%. She did very well. I, her name, like you know the name. I feel like she's been in more shit than she actually has, so that's shocking to find out. I'm kind of sad she's in Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I haven't seen that movie. I just assumed it's bad. Yeah. Maybe she's the one good part in it. I don't know. Is she going to convince me to watch it? Probably not, but she's getting there. Hmm. Freddy's love interest. Oh, Freddy's not the main character. What's a movie you hate? A movie I hate? Can't stand. Maybe not like even bad, but just like a personal... (sighs) Vendetta against. I have a personal vendetta. <laughs> you asked me a question, I had a completely different answer. Hold on, let me think about this. A movie I hate. <laughs> I'm kind of interested in your answer now. Uh, I'm trying to think of like a bat. I don't know. I hate uh, Thor: The Dark World. I hate uh, okay. Quantum Mania. This isn't working. I hate. Uh, I just love the idea of somebody like. Can you imagine? Say Pedro Pascal. They was rumored mm, to be mm. Mr. Fantastic. I would love if they just did interviews with him and it's like, oh, like what kind of comic books have you been reading to get ready for this? And he's like, not a single fucking one. That comic books stink. <laughs> I love the idea of that for an actor. I, I get what she's saying. Like, yes, the old Disney cartoons and Snow White, it's very uh, condescending. Hero gonna save me. Sure, gotta yeah. be a male. Totally get that. 100%. But like. Regardless, it's still very it's funny. funny. It's I'm not saying she's wrong. I'm not like I'm not gonna I'm not a critic. Yeah. It's funny. It's very funny. <laughs> Brings me a lot of joy. Um we'll see how the movie changes. It'd be even funnier if it's just the exact same movie. Oh my god, that'd be so much better. She thinks she's making like this this like fully switch the script, like she's the hero, and they just chop it up on the fucking editing room and it's the exact same thing. And she's furious. <laughs> she wins an Oscar and she fucking hates the movie. <laughs> uh, my little tangent was uh, I hate how popular Cars is right now. It's like trendy. Cars and Lightning McQueen like Cars on movie. TikTok. Got it. And social media. What do you mean? Everyone's always had like a lot no, of No, it's for- more popular recently. That's why it's freaking in Rocket League now. Because they're capitalizing on the current popularity. Someone called in. Did you see someone called in a Stephen A. Smith show and asked him who was the GOAT? <laughs> if Lightning McQueen was the GOAT. He did see that. And and he went a. off. He said, not my go. <laughs> I responded with a very informed answer. Yeah. It's just popular right now, and I've always been the Cars guy. It's my number one Pixar-rated movie. That, and, hold uh, on. That was set up, right? That 100% was scripted, and writers set that up. Because no, no way he has all that Cars knowledge off the top of his head. I don't want to know. I just want to 
I want to pretend like it wasn't. I think you love that so much because that's your dream one day to be like a journalist and someone calls in and you have to defend Cars. Cars 2 is an underrated movie. Wild, wild. James Bond meets Fast and the Furious? It's James just Bond meets not Talladega Nights? movie. It's great. It is. It's a, it's a Mater Disney Channel original movie yes. that they put to theaters. Yeah. But, um, One and three are mainline car stories. Two is its own unique fucking it's weird great. thing. It's great. Riley's never seen it. I got to get her to watch it. Weird movie. Enjoyment tie. This this score could have been a lot higher if the last act was better. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to weigh like my closing feelings of it too much. Um, this movie's getting received decently well. Um, I wouldn't say it's like a a home run, but I believe it has like a. Uh, 64, 65% around Spanos, 64, 90 audience. Yeah. Audience uh, 90, loving yeah, it. That's higher than I thought even. I assumed that the audience would be a little bit lower because people would have that last third fresh in their mind when reviewing it. I don't want to weight that too much. Uh, it's getting weighed, but I don't want to overweigh it. I gave us a 15 out of 20. It was trending towards like a 17, 18. I was yeah. thinking like, wow, this is actually like, surprisingly one of my favorite movies of the year this is fun this is entertaining there's great acting there's suspense and then it just didn't quite button it up enough at the end so i landed at 15 no 100 percent. and i mean these are this is a franchise that me and you both have you know stated how much we enjoy it and i'm with you if this just finishes it up a little bit better like these movies are fun and really good and very high up on my enjoyment scale very high easy to recommend franchise if no one's ever seen the other hunger games movies Mm-hmm. So like this was trending towards that. I'm I'm literally right there with you. I'm at a 15 out of 20. Um, it's a lot of fun. It, it does get brought down. Like it's if I'm going back and I'm watching a Hunger Games movie, this is probably third on my list because I don't remember three or four that well. Mm-hmm. One and two come first, then this, then the other two. Well, and if you haven't even seen the Hunger Games movie, like Gavin, he's never seen any of the Hunger Games movies. He was interested to watch them after we. He was asking his questions. Yeah, and we're like, Gav, this is a prequel. Like this did not spoil anything. The, the like, be- though I will say, if this is your introduction into the franchise, buckle up, because it just gets fucking better from here. <laughs> it just keeps getting better. Yeah. Yeah, so it, it, it's a it's a good prequel that you don't necessarily need. Like, as long as you just know what the Hunger Games are, which, like, who doesn't know what the Hunger Games are? Yeah. You understand. And you could watch this and weed into the first three Hunger Games. Or you could just not watch it at all. Gavin did say at the end, the one thing he didn't like was he didn't like how he turned evil at the end. And oh. we're like, oh, Gav, let, let us tell you. Bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> Real bad guy. <laughs> so um, he, he was not expecting the, the villainous ending. He was rooting for it. He didn't know. Yeah. Oh, that's heartbreaking. <laughs> he's like, he's the main character. He's got to be a good guy, right? <laughs> like, so. I can't wait to see how he helps stop and end the Hunger Games. Yeah. Little did he know, 65 years of tributes, baby, down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, final score tie. I gave this a 79 out of 100. Uh, almost broke the 80. Uh, pretty respectable score. Higher than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I'm two points lower than you. I'm at a 77 out of 100. Um, giving it a 78 out of 100, making it the son of a bitch. <laughs> 72nd. 72nd ranked movie out of a 200 and son of a bitch. I scrolled down. 206 films we reviewed. Mm-hmm. It is with the likes of Hustlers, Rise of Skywalker, another Ugh. franchise. Should not be that high. I'm disgusted by that. Hustlers, Mission Impossible Part 1, 
in uh, Dead Mission, Reckoning. Mi- yeah, Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Such which, a long name. It's just impossible. You gave a pretty high score. 85. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, Enola Holmes. I don't know what to compare this movie to. They're so unique. It's yeah, like action know. suspense, but not like Mission Impossible action suspense. I don't have an answer for you. It's like sci-fi action suspense. Rise of Skywalker is probably sports. the best. Sports. Comparison. Are the Hunger Games the best sports movies of all time? People are asking. Mm, no. Talladega Nights. Okay. Uh, sorry, Cars, then Talladega Nights. Got it. The best non-racing sports movies of all time? Yes. Okay. I'll just say yes. I like that. I appreciate that Because uh, I don't, can't, can't tell. I, I don't know. Creed, pretty good. Rockies, never actually seen the Rockies. <laughs> never seen them. Good movie. Creed 4. They're making a Creed 4. Did you know that? I did. Yeah, I just saw that. How? I thought Adonis Creed was done. He was done after two, Jay. Yeah. You know these fighters. They keep coming back for more. You're never really retired. I want to get a... What? The betting odds would still be plus. It'd still be like plus 250, but like an angle we haven't seen yet. MMA fighter into the boxing ring. For Creed? Mm Mm-hmm. When do the Creed movies take place? Is Is it current day? Current day now, yes. Creed's retired YouTuber. Oh, Jake Paul. Jake Paul. Go to the Jake Paul storyline. Not not MMA fighter. Jake Paul storyline. Mm. Creed loses to him. Oh, Because yeah. you know in the in the movies, they always lose the first one halfway through, and yeah. then they come back and rally and win. Yeah. But they never give their opponent a rubber match. No, no, of course not. No, fuck that. <laughs> Go out on a win. <laughs> oh, man. That's a great point, Jay. Random AI generated. The other guy's just sitting there like, we're one and one. <laughs> series is tied <laughs> you go out on top uh random ai generated movie synopsis is not a synopsis today not a synopsis yes i uh asked it to but if the a hunger game cast of eight characters i asked who would win and i was just gonna see what it spat out and i was gonna read it to you i don't know and it didn't tell me who was gonna want i like this idea but it did give me an outline. It gave me reasonings why each person could or couldn't win. But it did say at the end, ultimately, the winner would determine specific circumstances, rules, environment of the Hunger Games. It's challenging to predict the outcome as each character brings unique strengths and weaknesses to the table. So it didn't what give an answer. It, what is that? ChatGPT? ChatGPT. ChatGPT just gave you the games aren't played on paper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he just said this is, you know, we got to play the games every given Sunday, baby. So I have eight characters. I fucking love that AI's already gotten that smart that they're like, hey, man, you never know, though. Well, yeah, because if you ask it like a sporting thing, yeah. I think it's like legal. That way someone can't be like, I asked uh, it, you know, if the Chargers can cover and it told me no. So I'm going to sue, you know, kind of bullshit. I don't know. I fucking hate. I hate law sometimes. Eight characters. I'll say if you can get five of them right based on their description. Oh, I'll I'm, say you win. OK, that's across all sorts of multiverse of movies and. TV Eight shows. characters that just came to my head. I love this. Um, one of these characters is a real person, but he plays a character. You'll understand when we get there. Okay, that's fine. I'll figure it out. Um, I'm going to go out of order because I kind of started with like a similar trend of characters, and I don't want to – yeah. So I'll start with number <laughs> one. Okay. Known for his incredible strength, resilience, and immortality – that's a big one. Character is a formidable opponent in physic in a physical confrontation. However, his vulnerability to certain supernatural elements 
might be a disadvantage. Is that Superman? Mm, not Superman's high. That's, um, I'll give you one more guess. Give me yeah. This is this is a lot harder than the usual just movie. Mm-hmm. Immortality. This one's a little bit harder. The, the other ones they get easier. Elements. Incredible strength. <sighs> Incredible strength. I don't. I don't know. Superman's stuck in my brain. This was Jason Voorhees. Oh, I was wishing it would have said he's like, immortal. He's a, he's immortal. I guess so. <laughs> I've never seen a movie with him. Uh, I thought it was gonna. I haven't actually read these yet. Wait, was he the guy that was he Friday the Thirteenth? Did we watch yeah. that movie with him? No, I've never seen a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Michael Myers. That was the shitty movie we mm-hmm. watched. Got it. Um, I wish they would have said. I thought it was gonna say his vulnerability to swim, because that's Can't his swim? origin. Yeah. Did you not know that? No, I know nothing about this character. Oh, so the, he wears a hockey mask. That's all I got. He uh, he's deformed. Um. I don't know if he was special needs or not. I don't know. I'm just speculating. I don't know. I just know the story is he was drowning in a lake and at this camp, and none of the people saved him, so he drowned. And then he somehow comes back to life. That's why he wears a mask because his face is all deformed from like drowning or from whatever. Water, something it makes I don't so know. much more sense if it was like house fire. And then he uh, murders them all. Okay. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna move down. I have a feeling that. <laughs> Oh, next next guest, Freddy Krueger. Any one of the eight. Here, I'm gonna give you a. Uh, this one's this one's a layup. Okay. <laughs> if you get this wrong, you're dumb. <laughs> okay. While character name is a comedic character, he's also a powerful and physically imposing ogre. Oh. His strength and resilience might make him a surprising contender. Now, here's the thing. I've seen Shrek fuck up a lot of nights in that fucking <laughs> arena on the first one. That's how he gets the quest to go save Fiona. I like Shrek. Shrek. I like Shrek in the Hunger Games. It is Shrek. Okay. Um, this one's vague. I'll read you this one. Character name is a comedic character and not known for physical combat. At all. Why is he in here? In a survival scenario. Because they don't Hunger just Games, pick the best, of the best. You're right. You're right. I'm so sorry. In a survival scenario, he might struggle to compete with the more physically formidable opponents. Hold on. Write me a Hunger Games bio for this character i just want to see if they give me a little bit more intel because that told you, you nothing you gave me you said you oh didn't say what he was it just said he's not funny this gave me a whole rundown no he is funny his strategy his age his background i'm telling you it's a guy so i just gave you that That's his funny. district what district what district is he from i'll let this be the tiebreaker we'll circle back oh next one another layup for you ty okay character operates in the dream world making him a unique and dangerous adversary that's freddy krueger however if the rules of the hunger games restrict his dream invasion abilities he might be at a disadvantage in a physical confrontation how you're restricting sleep bro (laughs) they aren't gonna sleep (laughs) i love that is michael myers also on the list somewhere did you just rattle off halloween characters similar to jason Character is a relentless <laughs> and seemingly unstoppable force. His silent and methodical approach could give him an advantage okay. in a survival scenario. Yeah, well, that's the issue is you think he's silent and methodical and then he creeps up behind you and the piano starts playing. Mm, yeah, that's true. It's It gives him away every time. Oh, I love this. Uh, the bio thing. Hold on. I might do this with another character because it didn't give. All right. Let's do uh, this one. I think you've got like three, right? All the... <laughs> Oh, the Halloween ones and Trek. Oh, so you're no, I, did, I didn't get Voorhees, actually. Oh, that's true. I got Kruger, Myers, Shrek. <laughs> Character is a beloved 
This person's real. I, I need to tell you that. <laughs> Character is a beloved TV personality, but he is not known for his combat skills. In a Hunger Games scenario, his strengths would likely lie in diplomacy and finding nonviolent solutions. TV personality? Yeah. No oh. combat. His strengths would lie in diplomacy and nonviolent solutions. Can I make a guess without knowing their name? Sure, but I'm not going to tell you yes or no. What? Okay, what's your guess? What's your guess? The host of The Amazing Race. Is that a guess? Yes. Incorrect. Fuck. Mr. Rogers. Oh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Here's a good one for you. You'll get this one. Character is a skilled driver and fighter known for his expertise in car chases and hand-to-hand combat. In a scenario involving vehicles or urban environments, he could have a significant advantage. Driver and fighter? There's not very many people who are a skilled driver and fighter, Ty. You said I should get the Who's a skilled driver and fighter? A character. This person's not real. Well, I'm thinking Ricky Bobby. That's where my brain goes to, but... Is he a fighter? Gets his arm broken by a Frenchie. Not a fighter. I'll tell you, he's not a fighter. Driver and fighter. Fake person. Vin Diesel. Um, um, Not Vin Diesel. (laughs) What the fuck's his name? Dominic Toretto. Dominic Toretto. Is correct. Let's go. Uh, Next one. He's so fucked. He's so fucked in a Hunger Games environment. Let's see. Uh, Okay. I'll give you. I'll just. You'll get. You might not get this one. I think I'm already at four. I think you're at five now, so I think you might have got it. I don't know. No, you're at four. You're right. As a professional wrestler, (laughs) character is known for his physical prowess and resilience. Okay. However, in a scenario without wrestling rules, his combat skills would need to adapt to a different environment. It doesn't give you anything other than it's a wrestler, so this is just a total shot in the dark. I mean, obviously, my brain goes to to John Cena. I like to imagine, like, a current-day... Rick Flair, mm. ninety like ninety. Yes, Rick current Flair. day Rick Flair stuck in there. Okay. Um, I like to imagine like a Shawn Michaels maybe sleeping with some of the. Uh, well, that's also Ric Flair, sleeping with some of the other contestants. He's a little too old to be sleeping. Don't tell Ric Flair that. <sighs> he's. Have you seen anything like recent with him? Yeah, he's in AW now. They signed him to a contract. No fucking he's chance. Not wrestling, he's still on he's, TV. He's on TV again. He's yeah. terrible. He did, like, a comedy show where the whole premise of the comedy shows like, roast the fuck out of each other and, like, be very mean. I mean, very mean to stand-up mm-hmm. comics. And he just left the show midway through because he's like, I'm, I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to talk bad about these people. And they're like, that's what the entire show is, Ric Flair. And he just leaves halfway through. <laughs> so you're telling me he pulled a Rachel Zegler in the Snow White filming. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Ric Flair on Kill Tony. He just leaves halfway through. Um... We're going John Cena. Fuck it. No, we're going Rey Mysterio. Oh, Rey Mysterio. Yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Fuck. Um, so I don't this is the last one. We got a whole bio. Okay. Uh this is actually pretty smart. I'm not gonna read you the background. The background tells you too much, but it has a breakdown of skills, weaknesses, and strategy. Okay. And I'll tell you he's from District Four. Okay. I wonder if they take like his real life location, match that up with a Pan Am map. The fishing district. Is what District oh. 4 is. His skills. Charisma. He can talk his way out of almost any situation with his silver tongue. His ability to captivate an audience may come handy in gaining sponsors or allies. His second skill. Improv comedy. A master of improvisation. 
He can turn any dire situation into a laugh-out-loud moment. While humor might not guarantee survival, it could be a surprising asset in distracting opponents. Number three, public speaking. He's a seasoned public speaker, which might help him navigate the complexities of sponsorships and garner support from the capital audience. Yeah. Kind of just the same three things. Yeah, they just repeated themselves. Weakness. Weakness is. He's only got two. Okay. Physical fitness. Despite his confident demeanor, <laughs> he is not the most physically fit competitor. Endurance and agility might be challenges for him in the arena. Okay. And the number two, overconfidence. His overconfidence in his own abilities might lead him to underestimate the severity of the Hunger Games. <laughs> he could find himself in precarious situations due to his belief that he's always the star of the show. I love that. Um, it's Ron Burgundy. Yeah, to have done Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, excuse me. We have more. Uh, his strategy. I was going to read that, but you already got it right. Uh, Ron Burgundy's strategy in the Hunger Games revolves around making alliances through charm and humor. He plans to rely on his wit to entertain sponsors, gain favor with the capital audience, and form alliances with stronger, more physically capable tributes. Whether he can turn the arena into his own personal comedy stage or become a surprising mastermind remains to be seen. As the Hunger Games unfold, the citizens of Pan Am eagerly await the broadcast to see if Ron Burgundy's antics will carry him to victory or if his time in the arena will be more tragic than a jazz flute solo at oh, sunset. No. Um, I liked – so District 4 was for Channel 4 News Team. Okay. Uh, his background is Ron Burgundy, a charismatic and flamboyant news anchor from District 4, is known for his perfectly coughed hair – impeccable style and a voice that could charm even the most stone-hearted capital citizen before being thrust into the hunger games arena ron spent his days reporting on the glamorous and mundane happenings in district four his love for scotch jazz flute i, I will say on this map san diego looks like it falls into district four <laughs> his love for scotch jazz flute and perfectly tailored suits has made him a local legend but how will his suave 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 demeanor fare in the brutal reality of the hunger games i love the idea of uh what actually made me laugh was, uh, whoa, where'd it go? Um, might lead him to underestimate the severity of the Hunger Games. That's wonderful. Like, that's such a perfect line. Like, Ron Burgundy doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. He's <laughs> it, just, it just spews, Rick, where did you get a hand grenade? <laughs> I also did uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's bio because his thing was kind of uh, vague. But his isn't as funny. So I do think Dominic Toretto might have a funny one, though. So let me uh, – let me do that. That's fantastic. And I also, I really want to point out that what you just did, you did Fortnite. I think like half of those characters have skins <laughs> in Fortnite. Yeah, probably. Probably. Um, so uh, let's see. Dom is from District 5, the Power District. District 5. Ooh, no. District 5 looks like it's Illinois. That's not L.A. He's a skilled mechanic and fearless street racer hailing from District 5. He's no stranger to pushing the limits. He still grew up in the fast-paced world of underground racing, though, Ty. Okay. He developed a strong sense of loyalty to his family and a reputation Rampages? for being a master behind the wheel. With a shaved head, a muscular physique, and a calm but intense demeanor, Dom is ready to bring his unique set of skills to the Hunger Games arena. His skills, as you can guess, he's an expert driver. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> He'll make, he'll be a force to be reckoned with in any vehicular challenge the arena might possess. Mm -hmm. I haven't uh, yet to seen one in three Hunger Games, but <laughs> hand to hand combat. Obviously, he could stomp the ground, and you know we all know the whole thing will whole park structure and leadership. 
His leadership qualities shine through his ability to rally and lead a team. His focus on loyalty and teamwork might make him a valuable ally. I don't want to be that guy, but as a leader, I'm pretty sure every single one of his quote-unquote family members has died at one point Mm, in the films. Mm -hmm. Or in real life. Wow. The one that died in real life is the only one that hasn't died in the film franchise. (laughs) Surprisingly (laughs) not. Uh, His weaknesses, number two, is limited long-range skills. Uh, He's not good at long-range weapons, I guess. I'm I I mean while I agree if you fucking give him a bow and arrow in the next one he turns into Hawkeye I'm sure of it uh and his number one weakness is reluctance to trust mm-hmm. his loyalty is unwavering to those he considers family but gaining his trust can be challenging mm-hmm. his skepticism of others might make forming alliances a strategic challenge he would never win the Hunger Games as a character Mm-mm. the only way he'd get there is that someone if he got someone in to be a part of his family he would never kill him to win. No, he yeah. wouldn't. Well, he might just pull the Hunger Games from Hunger Games 1, and they'll both just eat yeah. berries at the end. So we're going out together as family. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll give this as a win for you, Ty. What do you mean you'll get? I fucking <laughs> nailed it. I did great. I'll give it as I'll like give the it a win. one loss I had was someone I had no idea anything well, you about. Got, you did get five, but you got the Ron Burgundy whole background. You okay. were four out of seven before the Ron Burgundy background. Five of eight? Now you're five of eight, so I'll Who give did you I the miss? win. I missed Austin. I missed Voorhees. Mr. Rogers. I died. I missed Mr. Yeah. Rogers. That's fucked. He went through my brain as I was thinking about it, too. I'm excited to see what fun things I could do with ChatGPT next week for our film that we're reviewing. Ty, what are we reviewing? Next week, we were reviewing the historical biopic, Napoleon. Did you know Napoleon shot, uh, like, he shot at the pyramids? He shot. He likes he catapults and stuff at the at the pyramids. That's wow. in the trailer. Why? It's in the trailer. I don't know. Watch the movie. Was this like a joke or were you being like he actually did this? Oh well the joke is I don't know if you've seen all Ridley Scott's comments. Oh, you haven't? No, I have no fucking clue. So there's a lot of uh historical inaccuracies in this movie. And is there Ridley Scott's been asked about it and he literally has just been like, Who cares? That's I want to sick though. <laughs> that is like I'm gonna do historical <laughs> drama and just not pay attention to history at all. Oh, I this gotta... is entirely my opinion on the historical events that took place. God, I gotta get you the quote now. Uh, Ridley Scott on the shooting sequence where Napoleon's cannons fire at the pyramids. Quote: I don't know if he did that, but it was a fast way of saying that he took Egypt. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. <laughs> I also love his idea of taking over a city of just like. Let's throw rocks at more rocks, <laughs> and we will lead these people. Um, yeah, he he's had a lot of uh, funny quotes about his criticisms, and it's just it's great. I love it. Uh, Ridley Scott on historians having criticisms about Napoleon. Quote. <laughs> Can't wait for this. Quote. When I have issues with historians, I ask, "Excuse me, mate, were you there?" No. Well, shut the fuck up then. <laughs> Dude, Ridley Scott's a fucking guy's guy. This guy rules. Oh, man. I love it. I love it. He directed Martian, so I don't I don't care. Andy Which slander. is weird because Martian was very intentionally. So, like, so accurate. Scientifically accurate. Like the best space movie that's ever existed <laughs> in terms of like reality. Holy shit. Ridley Scott's 85. He doesn't look 85. Wow. I didn't realize he was that old. That's so sick. The guy who made the most accurate space movie of all time has Napoleon catapulting the pyramids. Yeah. (laughs) 
So the reviews or whatever, we'll talk about it next week. But I'm excited. I'm going to try to go see it in IMAX. Uh, I, I just – I'm excited. <laughs> I just – that's incredible. That really brings me a lot of joy. <laughs> I like Ridley Scott now. My respect for him is – as someone who's never watched any of the Aliens, couldn't give a shit, never seen Gladiator. We're movie guys, and I haven't I know, seen I like haven't two seen giant movies in film. Um, I may go back and watch them now with these comments. Yeah. You might become Ridley Scott guys. I love that. It's I mean, fantastic. The Martian's great. There's no one. I that. didn't know it was him. It's a great movie, though. Yes, it is. Go watch Napoleon. Um, Disney also had Wish come out this week. Mm-hmm. If you go watch that instead, we're reviewing it the next week. Yes, we're not gonna. We're gonna do those back to back weeks. Shitty Disney movie. We will shit on that movie eventually. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it's great. Probably not, but maybe it's great. Could be. We're reviewing both. Go watch Napoleon. In the meantime, be a good friend, everybody. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.